Today's the first Sunday in Advent. As usual, we'll uh, begin with a, a chanting of the litany, and that's listed in your uh, bulletin. We have the hymn and then introit and the litany. Uh, your insert sheet is a little different uh, this uh, Sunday. Uh, one, you've got the hymn that we'll be using, Savior of the Heathen Come, that's listed inside. You also have the uh, readings that are uh, printed out on the back. On the front is the introit and the gradual. Uh, the song tone is a little bit different. I'm going to be chanting the uh, beginning of it all the way down through Teach Me Thy Pass. You will be chanting the glory be to the Father all the way through to Amen. The organist will be playing those notes with you as we uh, learn this uh, particular chant tone, which we'll be using for Advent. She'll also be playing with us uh, during the gradual as well. So uh, listen to it, because I'll be uh, doing the very first uh, part of it. Our service begins with hymn number 12. Let me not be ashamed. 
The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent is from the 33rd chapter of Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, nor shall the priests, the Levites, lack a man to offer burnt offerings before me, to kindle grain offerings, and to sacrifice continually. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the 13th chapter of Romans. And do this. Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. This is the word of the Lord. We stand and chant gradual together. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
Then the multitudes who went before, and those who followed, cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the Gospel of the Lord. And I see you, page 141. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things are made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us in the conscious He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven. And sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who is spoke by the prophets. And I believe in my holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge my baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and for the life of the world to come. Amen.
lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the bull, a donkey. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now the one true God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. Through 40 years in the wilderness, he takes them into the promised land. And once settled in that promised land, God continues to be their God. He provides for their needs. Now, there was not at this time a centralized government in which someone ruled over them. No. God himself was their king. He would raise up local leaders called judges whenever he needed them in order to defeat Israel's enemies. God also maintained prophets who would speak the word of God to the people at the proper time. Now, during this time, the prophet Samuel, when he lived, God's people came to Samuel, and they had a request. Here's what they said. Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. And we see that the thing just pleased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And here's what the Lord said. Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day. And so God knew exactly what was going on. But he said, go ahead and become king. But they rejected me because God was their king. They did not approve of the way that the Lord was leading them. You see, it involved too much faith. Yes, trusting that he would raise up help and that he would do it at just the right time. No, no, no. They wanted something more concrete. They wanted an army. They wanted a palace. They wanted a king. They wanted something they could see, not by faith, but by sight. So Samuel told them, told them the words which the Lord told him to say to them. Here's what he said. This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots, to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow the ground and reap his harvest. He will have some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves. Give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and your vintage. Goes on to say, and finally, you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. And so Samuel warns them, if I give you a king, here's what's going to happen. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. They said, I quote, no, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. We also are not content to live in God's kingdom with God ruling as our king. 
we go grow weary of hearing his preached word and speaking about baptism and Lord's Supper instead. Oh, we love great power and might. We want to be able to see the vast empire of the kingdom. We grow weary of a kingdom which comes through word and sacrament. We don't want a kingdom which you only see through the eyes of faith. We want to see a ruling dynasty that visibly defeats its enemies. Now, maybe not in the exact same words, but we also reject our God, and we cry out for a king. Our king tells us to love our enemies, but, well, we wish to strike out at those who disagree with us. We want to speak with harsh words. Our king teaches us to say no to our sinful lusts and live righteous lives, but we desire to live out our own sinful pleasures, thinking that we know what is best for us. Our king desires us to be strengthened in our faith through the reading of the word and prayer, but we're too busy for that. We're too busy to listen. We're too busy to talk in prayer to God. To return to the text, the result of having our kind of king, just as Samuel had warned them. Well, what happened? Well, first there was Saul. He miserably failed as a king, and God rejected him. Second, there was David, who ruled in the midst of great bloodshed. He was given the promise that one of his descendants would reign on his throne forever. But then, uh, uh, due to that bloody kingdom, Israel's experiment of a king came to an end with Solomon. He was the last king of the United Kingdom. Wise as he was, he trusted in diplomacy. He allowed his foreign wives to lead him astray from the one true God. You see, the result of seeking after another king and rejecting God is as disastrous for us as it was for them. We work our fingers to the bone, but we're still not happy with all of our presence. Instead of enjoyment, we covet more and more. We live promiscuous lives. Is it any wonder that we're as unhappy as a television soap opera? We pursue love, but only acquire lust. Instead of being content, we're embarrassed by our animal-like behavior and live with the kink conscience that is accusing us. We seek beauty, but instead we become slaves <coughs> of what someone else wears. In today's Holy Gospel, St. Matthew cites that prophet Zechariah, and he talks about the reason for Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. As your pastor, I am directed to, well, by these words, to tell the daughter of Zion, that is you who are the spiritual heirs of the Old Testament, you who are the daughter of a nation who has gone astray like your mother, you have been taught her sinful ways. You too have requested another king and tried to build up your own kingdom. But this is another failure. But I have good news. Your God has me to tell you that you do not need a king. No, you do not need what you expect. 
You are a slave to others, but God has come as your king to set you free. You are not able to free yourself, but he has come to set you free. You need a king who will fight your battles. You need a king who will come and will change your heart. Your king has come. He's come on a gentle donkey. He has come to enter into Jerusalem to suffer and die and take away your sins. Your king has not come to destroy you because of your sinful treason. He has come to pardon you. Your king comes to take away your sins. And so today's Holy Scripture gives us this gift of salvation. It's one that comes with a holy child. One who is a righteous son of the Heavenly Father. He's a suffering servant. He comes into Jerusalem not on a white stallion, not with an army to slay the wicked. He comes as a gentle king. He comes to take away your sins and to welcome you back. Like the multitudes who welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, we are directed this day to receive him to receive the one who is our gentle Savior. We are to learn during the season of Advent to cry out, Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us. The salvation is not a saving from failure, not from sadness, or from being old-fashioned. The salvation, the salvation in the highest, he saves us from sin, from death, from the devil. Hosanna in the highest. And now that our Heavenly Father has given us salvation in Jesus Christ, He continues to raise us up. He continues to work inside us. We put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We learn to walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and darkness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. We learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so... The pastor invites us, lift up our hearts. Lift up your hearts. We respond, we lift them up to the Lord. No, we no longer ponder earthly desires. We lift up our hearts to dwell with our King, the one who comes to us. Our prayer, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes us all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. The offertory is Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus Christ, King of glory. The Lord, our righteousness, the Son of the living God and the Son of David. We thank you that by your advent in the flesh,
you provided for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O Lord, open our lips, that as the crowd welcomed Jesus at the time of his advent into Jerusalem, so we might recognize your Son's coming to us today in word and sacrament, that we not despise our Lord, but give him hearty thanks and praise. Give all pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James and our pastors Gary and Michael, the desire to organize their ministry around the service of the Word and Sacrament. Bless Salem Lutheran Church, her pastor, uh, James Heiser, as well as Deacon Anken. Bless our director, Keeley. Uh, keep the children and staff free from sickness this winter. Bless the Word that's taught to these children in our learning center that they might be clothed with that righteousness of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Give your blessing to our President Joe, to all in authority over us. Grant them your grace and guidance. Guide and bless the labor of those who serve others in our society. Bless social workers, probation officers, and all those who work to bring calmness, order, and peace to disrupted and hurting lives. As your servants here on earth, give them patience, courage, and compassion to answer the many pleas for mercy. Grant protection to those who risk their lives for the common good, especially the men and women serving in our armed forces. Bless their efforts to defend our freedoms, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, and our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-in, Carolyn, our elderly, Violet and Tom. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Stan, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Victor and Marcia, and Anita. Provide for our students with Sarah, Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Ashley, Cameron, and Benjamin and Jacob. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the suffering and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Father, everlasting God, 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the Messiah, the very Lamb of God, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. 
God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son to the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled to serve you constantly, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.